standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callis. And it is episode 413, entitled Tuesday Morning. Yes, that's right. It is the 9th of May, and this is, I guess, part two on the morning series, if you will. Yesterday, we mourned the uh, lessons, or, well, I guess, depending on how you look at it. In my mind, it's less significant loss of a couple electoral races that we should have won. Today, we're going to talk about the idea that eight people are dead in Allen, Texas, from perhaps a gentleman. <laughs> there, I use that term again. I'm always so gracious, and I really need, uh, I don't want to call him what I really think he is. So we'll just say the dead guy that killed eight other people, murderer, killer, whatever. <sighs> It's hard to be lighthearted. There are eight people dead. There's at least 16 families that are devastated by this loss. And, you know, the challenges is the how, the why, what to blame. Um, how did this happen? What do we do next? And I, and I think those are all appropriate feelings, you know, emotional concerns and, you know, I know Mr. Spainhauer. I would fair to say that he and I are not friends. We're acquaintances. And I appreciate and applaud the fact that he went out of his way to help some people. But then for that same guy to turn around and put out a political screen, at least that's what they showed on TV. Man, he knows better. He should have done better. Come on. Have a little class. There are... There are literally hundreds of people that are upset and mourning the loss here and you know got a guy go political now look i get it it happens all the time every mass shooting every bad event people go political it's second nature at this time but i'd really hoped for better from this guy i'd really hope that in texas we would keep our heads high and you know talk like texans or at least texians Tejanos, whatever, but, but I'm not going to beat the guy up. Chances are he was shell shocked and emotional and probably not thinking very clearly either. So uh, I'm going to give him grace. I I try my darndest to give lots of people grace, grace that maybe (laughs) is the embodiment of something not deserved, but I can try and give it anyway. I, I try and be friendly and even handed and fair to people, even people I know that don't like me. So that's what I got to say about that. So let's look at a couple of the larger issues. If you're not in one of the immediate families, right? If, if you weren't directly involved in this, how do you look at this and how do you have a a thought process that you can play out here? What would have changed this? What would have prevented this? What's at play? Okay. So there's three general points of view here, right? Men or mankind, if you prefer, is evil. They're fallen. Um, They're going to do bad things. Then there's the people that take the mental health angle, right? Well, this guy had mental issues, allegedly, and uh, he ought not have had access to firearms. 
okay, maybe. Then there's the um, other view, which is if we didn't have those firearms and we kept them away from the general public, this kind of thing wouldn't happen. Okay, so I'm going to tackle all three of those. And I'm going to try and do it relatively quickly because most of this is arguments we've already heard, already had. And admittedly, <coughs> admittedly, it's still quite emotional. I mean, it's hard to detach yourself from it. I live 10 minutes from where this happened, if that. And it's it's depressing. I mean, Allen's been this perfect little bubble town. McKinney's got its troubles. Frisco's got its troubles. But Allen really doesn't have these troubles. What happened? Well, uh, a couple of things of note and don't read too deeply into it, but they still need to be said. One, the guy didn't actually live in Allen. He's from Dallas. Now, whether he was there his whole life or not, don't know. Uh, The guy apparently maybe wasn't born here. Again, don't know. Not sure how relevant that is, but it is something to be uh, at least accounted for. And three, uh, there's speculation, maybe educated speculation or educated guesses, if you will, that the guy had some kind of affiliation with a gang or two. Okay. Again, don't know. Can't say for certain. But so when you're looking at that. It seems to indicate that one, the guy's not even from the city that he caused the problem in. So there was really no way that anybody would have seen that coming in Allen Two, uh, the guy actually had problems. Um, maybe, maybe something could have been done, but I'm not comfortable with a world where we run by minority port minority report rules, right? I'm not going to base current law on future possible uh, misdeeds. That's crazy. Uh, and three, if he had a mental health issue, unless he sought treatment and unless that treatment decided that there was a, a serious issue here, nobody would have taken action. And again, I'm not comfortable with anybody forcing mental health evaluations on anybody for any reason, unless It's after the fact, and it's part of the defense or the prosecution. So the second piece of this puzzle is we've got a mental health issue. Okay, that's fine. And there's several elected officials that are going to trot out all sorts of neat government programs to address government funded or government supplied or government uh, oversight. oversight on mental health programs. Well, first of all, I don't trust government. Second of all, I don't trust government programs. And thirdly, I really don't trust government employees, Fauci anyone. So for me, that's a major hangup. But even if I'm willing to set that aside, my natural distrust of people that don't deserve my trust, all I see is the abuse the possibility of abuse. I mean, we know the we know from history the Soviets and the Nazis both used mental health as issues to do all sorts of things. Because if you opposed the regime, clearly you were mentally ill. You needed to go re-education camp 
I'm not willing to go down that path. I don't think any American wants to go down that path. It's dangerous. It's fraught with all sorts of difficulties. But perhaps we got to acknowledge what are probable causes of all these quote unquote mental health issues that we have. And how do we alleviate that or reduce those causes or mitigate the causes after the fact? That's a more interesting question. So, you know, back in years past, people had their own communities. They could relate. They could talk to you. You know, if you were in the military, you had your VFW, you had your um, American Legion, you, you had places you could go and talk to people that had similar experiences and you could vent and you could trust them because they had been through that and you, you were able to learn to cope and deal with these things. I would suggest that perhaps we should look into reinvigorating those. We've got military men for the last 20 years that have been involved in wars, undeclared wars, that in my mind had very little purpose on this, for the standpoint of what the United States was getting out of it. And these guys come home wounded, damaged, hurt. And when I say these guys, yes, I know there's women too. Okay, fine. But the idea is there's lots of causes and that doesn't even deal with the fact that some of these guys aren't military. Some of these guys are just hurt from life in general. And because we have a stigma on people that look for help, people that can know and acknowledge something's not right with me and they seek it out and they're treated differently or they're treated less than and. I'm not sure that's what's for the best, but that's where we're at. And I don't think government's the proper vector for a solution. So if you've got your VFW, your American Legion post, you've got churches, right? Or local communities. I mean, maybe your temple of choice. Those people should be looking out for their people. I mean, look, I served. I never saw combat. I, my active duty was peacetime Navy, uh, on the Atlantic coast in the Navy would have called it escape duty. I enjoyed my time there, but I didn't have to deal with all the stuff that these guys did or they've seen or heard. And I'll tell you that time, that brief time I was in active. And then the little bit of time I did in reserves afterwards, it still affected me. It affects me to this day. I mean, every once in a while I slip into the lingo and I certainly can talk like a sailor when I'm not behaving myself. In fairness, I probably already spoke like a sailor before I became a sailor. But that being said, we expect more from ourselves as adults, as Christians. We're not going to behave in such a way that's dishonorable. But if you don't know any different, if that's all you have, if you're circling the drain of despair, leaves you open to doing some things that you otherwise might not have done. So what's the solution? It's community. We spend an awful lot of time pointing the finger at each other. I mean, I'm guilty at it from, uh, from doing that from time to time, right? Oh, he's a Democrat. He's a progressive. He's a pagan. He's a whatever. I mean, yeah. Okay. But I'm also careful to say I don't actually hate any of these people. I don't wish ill onto them. 
I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with any or all of them, given the opportunity. I might not like what they have to say any more than they like what I have to say. But I'm not going to run the other way. I'm willing to I'm willing to do that. But do we have communities that still do that? I don't know. I don't know. And then there's all those different things that we've done to ourselves over the years, particularly people that are my age or a little younger when they amped up the uh, scheduling of injections of things that are supposed to help you. But they do it at such a short, short schedule that perhaps it causes more damage than the good it brings. But again, what do I know? But realistically, the last piece of this puzzle is the one that's most concerning. Every time something like this happens, there's a mad rush to disarm the public. And setting the founding fathers aside, let's look at this. And and I'm going to be honest This is not just my answer or not my story. It comes from a friend of mine. And he basically said, there's always going to be guns. Always. So the question is, do you want all the criminals to have guns? Or everyone to have guns? Because government's never going to give up their guns. And in some people's mind, government is interchangeable with criminal. I'm not sure I would go that far, but I can certainly see their argument because typically when the general population is disarmed, the government becomes tyrannical and criminal. Maybe it's a little chicken in the egg. I don't know, but it's something to be concerned about. So no, I'm not in favor of of disarming the public. I'm not in favor of red flag laws. I'm not in favor of psychological evaluations by people that quite frankly, I wouldn't talk to under any circumstance. I'm not okay with that. And just because there's a couple of guys that have an R after their name, that'll likely line up with a whole bunch of people that have a D after their name and they pass a law. Doesn't mean I'm going to go along with it. Doesn't mean that I agree with it. Doesn't mean that it's constitutional or appropriate, but they'll try. And they're going to do it as a salve. They're going to try and tell the general public it's for their own good. They're going to try and sell people on the idea that we're going to make it harder to get firearms. Well, let me ask you, realistically, do you think that in prison it's hard to get drugs? I mean, drugs are already illegal. You're in prison, which is a confined environment with limited access. And yet those guys seem to be able to get pretty much whatever they want. So if that doesn't prove the point, I don't know what will. So again, going back to the original premise, do you want only the bad guys to have guns or for everybody to have guns? It's a simple solution. Now, look, I'm not excited about every Tom, Dick, Harry wandering around with a pistol on their hip, but it doesn't offend me or bother me either. I'm neutral because I figure the chances are That if there's a whole bunch of people with a pistol on their hip, there's going to be a lot less likelihood that some moron is going to show up with a rifle and try and take out a bunch of people. But again, going back to the original problem, 
Man is fallen. Man or mankind does bad things. They do things that are evil because they have evil in their heart. And they're going to find a firearm or a bomb or a baseball bat or explosives. They're going to be able to do bad things no matter what you outlaw or how difficult you make it to be. Just ask the English or aka the British in North Ireland. Everything was illegal there, yet they fought a war to a stalemate. Do we really want to do that here? Do you really think that's a good outcome here? Do you really think that Texas is going to benefit by trying to outlaw firearms for certain groups of people? I'm here to tell you, it's not going to fly and there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to fight back angrily if they should try it and do that. And I'm fairly certain that there's at least two representatives, if not three, that hail from my Senate district that may very well sign off on something like this where they try and change the law and restrict firearms. We fought for 10 years to get limited permitless carry, which they call constitutional carry, which it fairly clearly is not. And now they're going to try and reel that back in and they're going to do it through backdoor registration and confiscation, also known as red flag laws. If you doubt me, just look at red flag Dan down by Houston. And while our uh, Lieutenant governor might do a lot of things and he might be a good conservative. He's still a New Jersey guy who thinks that he knows what's best and doesn't support the average person being able to defend themselves, their lives and their liberty. And how do I know that? Because he's done nothing overtly to expand gun ownership rights and to recognize them as pre-existing. So yeah, maybe this is upsetting to people. Maybe, maybe this is not the right time to put this forward, but I got to be honest with you. When is the wrong time? Something terrible happened. Some people died. Doesn't make any difference if the guy would have driven a truck through the crowd, which happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin, about two years ago, and also happened out by El Paso, I guess, the same day and killed multiple people. But are we going to turn around and then ban trucks? Or I know there was a guy that wheeled a machete and went or a knife and went and cut up a bunch of people in some other country. And, you know, England is dumb as they are at this point. They banned knives, too. So not only can you not have firearms, most people, you can't have knives either. Most people. So now you fall victim to the rape gangs that run around in London right now. What are you going to do? How are you going to defend yourself? Can't have a knife. Can't have a gun. Now, look, yeah, there is a possibility that you get overpowered and they use your weapon against you. Maybe. But just the fact that the criminals know that the majority of the public respects and it in hmm, not only respects, but employs the carry of weapons may slow them down just a little bit. That little old lady with the pretty blonde hair and pearl chain carrying a little purse, she might just have a little surprise for you when you run up on her unannounced and touch her if i if i'm thinking like a criminal that's a risk i don't want to take i'm going to move on to easier prey but what do i know so yeah i i'm mourning that there are at least eight people dead we'll call them innocent that's the only way you can call it since 
they weren't doing anything to attract this murderer. But the idea that you're going to fix something by taking away the defense of somebody else is just foolish. But it makes you feel good. It's it's emotionally pleasing that we're just going to take guns away from these people because they're at higher risk and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, nobody's really safer. At the end of the day, it's meaningless. It's pushed by emotion and has no truth behind it. Be very careful of the worm tongues that are going to show up in the next couple of weeks. As we're wrapping up our legislative session, they're going to start reeling back some of those rights that we fought for 10 years to get them to recognize as pre-existing. And a good number of them will have ours after their name and they need to be called and they need to be reminded that they work for us. And they're supposed to do what we sent them there to do, not sell us out. Going forward, how do you prevent this? Government can't prevent it. Community can prevent it. Community that embraces other people can prevent it, maybe. Churches work to prevent it. Um, Organizations, private organizations like American Legion, VFW, they allow veterans to, you know, feel at home and talk to people. Apparently, this guy's a veteran. Don't know, can't confirm, but allegedly. So we just got to cover that angle. And honestly, back in the day, you could go to the YMCA and get help. I think they're more of a health club now, but why don't we have a private organization like that, a private charity that looks out for people that need help? Oh, here's a better idea. You know, once upon a time, we used to have these sanitariums or these um, mental health clinics, right, in asylums. We would send people there that needed to be taken care of. People that needed help that, you know, quite frankly, the average people can't help them or the untrained people can't help them. And we would put them there. And we accepted that as a cost of civilization. Nobody was excited about it. And I'm certain there was abuse and bad treatment that probably occurred in more than one occasion. But then you root that out, you deal with it. Just like you deal with other people that abuse their power. But again, that requires that you stay on top of things, that you follow things, and you, you're involved in it. You've bought into the general idea that we're a community and we're looking out for each other. But really and truly, I think the biggest, the biggest opportunity here is for our local churches to be extra cautious, extra involved, looking for the least of these around them. I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't have a good answer. I'm going to be honest, but I would trust a church organization over any arm of government all day long and twice on Sunday, or I should say all week long and twice on Sunday. This is, this is both easy and difficult. It's easy that we know it's wrong. The difficulty is determining what's the best way to address it, to mitigate this from happening again. But again, you go back to the original problem. Man has fallen. Man is sinful. Man is going to do bad things. Mankind has fallen and cannot be redeemed by themselves. Once you accept that, once you understand that, you can address 
How might we do this? What might be the best way to prevent this? Taking away one weapon only leaves another weapon. Taking away one avenue of conflict only leaves another avenue of conflict. You have to deal with the fallen people. You have to deal with the people that need your help. That's how you solve these issues. The tools that they use are just that, tools. Whether the guy used a truck or a homemade bomb or a firearm of choice is largely irrelevant. He probably could have done the same thing with a well-sharpened machete. In fact, there's a video, uh, I think it's on YouTube, I don't, I don't remember where I ran across, where it was a single Moro soldier that had his knife, the Kirkery, I think I'm pronouncing it, that basically defended a young lady by himself. And that was real life. Not Stephen Skull, John claude Van Damme, or Rambo, none of that stuff. This is real life, some little dude fended off all these people because he had the will and the skills to do it. And honestly, we're bringing up a lot of weak men, men that don't know how to be men. They're feminized. They're passive. They're soft. Perhaps if they weren't, they wouldn't be put in a position where they would act out. Perhaps if they weren't, if put in a position similar to this, they would protect those around them instead of running the other way. There's a whole lot of things going on here. And there's not a satisfying answer because I got to tell you, most of the answers aren't going to solve the problem. Now, as a Christian, I can tell you, eh, you know, if everybody just submits to Jesus, it'll all be fine. And you know what? That's maybe technically the correct answer, but the general public don't want to hear it. And they don't care. They want a solution. They want something tangible that they can see, touch and feel. I guess touch and feel the same thing, but see, smell and touch. How about that? That may be true, but even then, those half-baked solutions will come back to bite you. You don't sacrifice your liberty expecting more security because you'll end up with neither. And when you do that, you probably don't deserve either of them. This is something you need to think through. And yes, I did paraphrase Ben Franklin. Sorry, but the guy got it right. I'm telling you, I'm beseeching you. Don't let them do anything foolish. Yes, we need to mourn with those that are weeping right now. We don't understand what's at play. Unless you've lost somebody in your life in a similar way, you probably can't even wrap your head around what's going on in their lives. And it's very simplistic to lash out and punish people that had nothing to do with it. Go after the one tool that you can wrap your head around is if he didn't have that tool, it wouldn't have happened. But I'm here to tell you, it would have been something else. You need to understand it could always be something else. The way forward, the way forward is simple, but difficult. We need our community. We need to come together. Honestly, a lot of people need to bend the knee. But beyond that, 
we need to find out first and foremost, what motivated this person, this killer, this murderer, what was his motivation? What did he hope to, uh, accomplish? Perhaps he got what he wanted, which was a suicide by cop. Who knows? And really last thing I want to leave with you in a, in God's blessing, there was a police officer that was nearby for another reason and was able to put a stop to this before there were several multiples of the eight that died. Maybe under different circumstances, somebody else would have done something about it. I mean, I got to be honest. If I were there, I'd like to think that I'd run towards the danger. I'd like to think that maybe I'd take my loved ones away and try and get back to take the guy down. But I don't know. I've never had to face that. I'm not going to blow smoke and say, oh, absolutely, 100%, I'm the man's man and I'm going to do it. I don't know. I'd like to think so. That would be my mindset. But when it's facing you down and right in front of you, what are you going to do? Somebody's got a weapon and they're firing in your general direction. Yeah, you get down, you get out of the way. You don't want to get wounded. You don't want to die. As much as I'm at peace with, I'm not going to go see my father in heaven until it's my time. I'm also not going to tempt the Lord thy God. I mean, come on. You just don't know. And until you actually face that down, you don't know. Now, there's some military guys out there and they'll tell you, yeah, I, I did it. You know, I did it. And I imagine the most of them did it when they were, you know, in their early 20s and extremely fit and gung-ho. But man, when you're 50, you got a wife and kids, do you think the same way? I don't think so. I don't know what the answer is. I'd like to say that I would protect my family first and then try and go protect others. I feel confident in saying that's what I would do is protect my family first and go protect others. But boy, until it happens, I'm not going to fill you full of bluster. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I want you to just consider that. What would you have done? What if it was a truck that's barreling down the path to get out of the way? Do you take your family safe and do you try and take it out? Oh, but how do you take out a truck? I mean, it's easy to see how you take out a guy with a gun. You tackle him from the side or from behind. But if he's in a truck, I mean, short of running your car into him, how do you stop it? Don't know. It's a good question, though, isn't it? Maybe we got to start thinking about those things because the future is not so bright. But again, I caution you. Don't make any foolish decisions. Don't get caught up in your emotions. Finish your morning and then life goes on. Until then, I will see you on the other side.